if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. There's a lot that can be unlocked through touching the cervix and eventually leading to a cervical orgasm. You're going to feel really deeply connected to yourself and to a partner. You can also release DMT, which is going to take you on like a full transcendental psychedelic experience. So when we talk about sex as access to something higher than ourselves, a cervical orgasm is a way to access that. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Hello, my loves. It is me, Queen Brinsky. <laughs> and I'm here today on our show solo. It's my first solo episode, y'all. And um, for those of you who may not know me, I am head coach at Sex and Love Co. I'm the operations manager. I like to do a lot of things behind the scenes. And every once in a while, it's really fun for me to come from behind the curtain and have a little time in the spotlight. So I'm here today on the show to talk to you about something that I am very passionate about, orgasms, and the magic of your orgasm, because it is so much more than this surface level pleasure that we experience in our body. It goes way deeper than that. And on today's show, I'm going to talk to you about what it means to be connected to your body and your orgasm. Um, things like the different types of orgasms, 
and all of the ways in which you can achieve it. And then we'll also be talking about the elusive cervical orgasm and some of the biggest shifts I've had in my life since learning the power of orgasm and the things that I've learned in my own sexual development. So stick along with me for the ride. It's going to be a fun one. And I'm so excited for you to tune in today. Let's dive in. So why is it important for a woman to be connected to her body and more specifically her orgasm? So for me, since I started my own journey back to myself, right? I I use this phrase a lot, returning home, returning to self. And if you don't know my story, I've shared it a lot on this podcast. So you can go to different episodes. We'll link them in the show notes to hear more about my divorce and my intuition and how it led me to leaving my marriage. But more importantly here, what I want to talk about is the journey back to my body. So for as long as I could remember, I was rewarded for my mind. And I think that's starting to shift in our society, but so much of my life, I was taught and told um, the harder I worked, the more I studied, the more logical and analytical that I was the smarter I was and the more attention I received in school, right? I got good grades. Therefore, I got a better uh, into a better college. I scored really well on tests. Um, I was able to articulate myself really well. And I'm not saying that these aren't great qualities to have, but what I am saying is that I was never rewarded or taught what it meant to be in my body. So you take that times... 30 something years of operating. And I was very detached from my body. I had no idea what it meant to be embodied. And now so much of my work is about returning home, returning back to the body. And what I found when I spent most of my time in my mind, I was really anxious. I was constantly looking to the future or to the past. I was never in the present moment. And because I was always future forecasting, all the different things that could go wrong, all the different scenarios I had to think through. I was just chronically stressed. This led to over time, physical breakdowns in my body, which I now know was my body's way of saying, Hey, wake the fuck up and pay attention to me because I'm tired of you ignoring me. And it took a breakdown, right? I've used this example before of the feather, the brick and the Mack truck. The feather is this like, gentle little whisper and tickle of your intuition telling you something is off. The brick is like, Hey, motherfucker, pay attention. And then the Mack truck just runs your ass over. And that's when we're talking about things like chronic illness, disease, death, things that get our attention because we weren't paying attention previously. So I suffered from chronic, extreme pelvic pain for about a year and a half where I thought I had chronic UTIs. I went to every specialist known to man And I could not figure out the source of my pelvic pain. And it was my body saying, wake the fuck up to your sexual pleasure, your creativity, this powerful source inside of you that you have been ignoring for so long. And in fact, you're not only are you ignoring it, you're spending so much time in your mind, creating all of this stress in your life that you're clenching so much that it's actually creating physical pain in your body. And so as I started to learn what the difference was from being in my mind to being in my body, my body was where all of my wisdom and power was, which is so interesting because it's so different than what we're taught, right? We're taught that wisdom comes from being intellectual, reading a lot, 
knowing a lot of information. But this was a different kind of wisdom. This was a an ancient wisdom. This was a, oh, I've known this all along and no book or person or coach or podcast could teach me this information. This is my truth. And my body was the one that showed me that information. And it's simple, not easy. So simple meaning the tactics and tools that I use to get into my body, some of which are simply closing my eyes and breathing into my womb space. So the part of me where I place my hand just below my belly button and above my um, pelvis, my pubic bone, and I'll breathe into that space while closing my eyes, focusing on my inhale and my exhale. And all of a sudden I start to feel all of these different sensations come online. I'll feel tingling, I'll feel heat, constriction, tightness, all of these different sensations. And when I focus on the sensation, that's me being in my body, right? And I say simple, not easy because it's my mind, which is so strong. And I imagine many of yours are too. It wants to constantly take me out of my body because I rewarded it for so long for being so strong. And so I'll be in my body and sometimes it doesn't feel safe to be there because it's so overwhelming. The sensations are so strong um, sometimes it's just my mind is spinning and spinning and I have all these things and life circumstances to focus on. And so it's not always easy to stay in my body, but it's a practice. And it's something that I practice daily now, because like I said, this is where my wisdom and my power has come from. And I believe so strongly in empowering women to really understand the gift of what it means to be in your body. This is where I received my first hit of leaving my marriage and it spoke to me. I mean, it just came to me and that wasn't coming from my mind. This was, like I said, an embodied wisdom. And I know the difference for me, mind versus body is the one I'm in my mind. I find myself looking up literally, like I'm searching for something in my head um, versus when it's in my body, it's tends to be very peaceful and calm and very mm, intuitive. And it just arrives to me. There's no searching for it or longing for it. It's just there. It just drops right in. And as an adult, I found that I was getting stuck over and over in the same patterns and situations. And that to me now, now that I've understood some of these patterns in my life, um, for example, being a people pleaser or um, trying to think of some of the other patterns that showed up for me a lot. People pleasing was a really big one, right? Put all of my needs, my ambitions, my desires on the back burner. Don't even know what they are because I'm so focused on what everyone else wants. And I kept getting stuck in the same places in my life. So I wasn't moving forward because the same people pleasing pattern kept showing up for me. And it wasn't until I started to drop into my body to heal some of these things that I realized, oh, this is why I'm getting stuck because I'm not actually getting to the root of where this thing lives, which is inside of the body versus I'm, I'm using like mental strategies and mindset, like just have a positive mindset or I can logic my way out of being a people pleaser, 
Well, spoiler alert, that didn't fucking work. (laughs) But what did work was me understanding where that people pleasing actually lived in my body. So when I thought about being a people pleaser, the part of me that would lock up, right? So maybe it was in my gut and I would start to feel really nauseous or it was in my throat and everything all of a sudden would just tighten up to the point where it felt hard to breathe and really releasing that and releasing it meant feeling it, feeling it all the way, right? And so as I started to understand how feeling and touching these sensations fully led to me being more confident and powerful and peaceful, that's when I realized, okay, this connection to my body and then eventually to my orgasm is really powerful. And when I think about my connection to orgasm, so my access point was my body first, right? Just learning all the different sensations that lived within me understanding how to tap into them more. And then came, okay, now let's focus on this from a sexual angle. Let's look at orgasm specifically, because if you're anything like me, I grew up learning about sex by having it with partners. And I learned that my pleasure was not for me. I learned, and I learned this from movies. I learned this from porn. I learned this from partners that the second my partner came, had an orgasm, ejaculated, sex was over, whether or not that I had had an orgasm, whether or not I experienced pleasure and then it was over. And so that reinforced the story of my body and my pleasure is not for me. It is to serve this other person and my pleasure gets put on the back burner. But it wasn't until I started to commit to my pleasure. What does it actually mean for me to connect to my orgasm and my pleasure? And what does that look like for me? that I started to see the power of my orgasm and the power of my sexual satisfaction. And to me, my orgasm, I've heard this described by other people. It is my life force energy. It's my sexual energy. And with that sexual energy, I can create things. So the most obvious one is life, right? Through sex, I can create another human being which is pretty fucking wild. (laughs) But the cool part is, is that it's not just creating another human. It's creating whatever I want. I can take that sexual energy and I can channel it into other things. So when I'm feeling turned on by life, right? Or feeling turned on by a man in front of me or by my own body, my favorite, right? Like I'm just so turned on by myself or I'm turned on by this delicious fucking meal that I'm eating and every bite of food sends me into this like little happy dance or the music is just running through my body and I can't stop swaying. That to me is turn on. That is life force energy. And the more turned on I become, the more magnetic I feel, the more I attract the right types of things and people and situations into my life. So it's all fucking connected and it's so powerful. So when I said at the beginning of this podcast that orgasm at the like pleasure point is just scratching the surface. There's so much more to it than that. And I want to read one of my favorite quotes from Mama Gina who wrote um, Pussy, a Reclamation. And so she's all about as women, how we can reclaim the word pussy and what it really means versus how society has used that word to say, okay, this person's being a pussy and they're using it in a, a frame of that person is weak. When in reality, think about your pussy. It's the most powerful thing I can imagine, right? This thing 
births another human being out of it. Um, and it can handle so much pain, so much pleasure. It can create life. It's pretty powerful. So it's about reclaiming that word. And she says in her book, if you want to know where your true power lies, go to the places you've been told to fear the most. Your orgasm, your period, labor and birth, menopause, all processes that involve your pussy. And I'll pause for a dramatic effect because <laughs> it's my favorite quote. Because to me, in that quote, it is all about taking ownership of the most powerful part of our body and what it can unlock for us as women or however you identify as a pussy owner. Now let's talk about, let's get a little scientific here for a second. What happens when you orgasm? So when you orgasm, it's a climax of sexual excitement. There is a peak, right? It's characterized by a feeling of pleasure that is centered in your genitals. And for cock owners, this can be accompanied by ejaculation. And sometimes for pussy owners, there is such a thing as female ejaculate uh, when you are, if you've heard of the term squirting before. So there's a peak. And what I love about the word orgasm um, is that it comes from the derivative, meaning swell or be excited. Um, so when you think about the what happens when you are having an orgasm, um, you're bringing excitement to your genitals and they can bring blood flow, which causes the swelling. And you will normally feel a contraction of your pelvic muscles. That's a good way to identify if you've had an orgasm, because sometimes they actually have clients that come to me that have never experienced an orgasm before. And so if you're listening to this and you've never experienced one before, you're not alone. And I take the full stance that pleasure is for everybody and everyone can orgasm. That's what I really believe. Now I will say there is a shadow side to chasing an orgasm. Don't get me wrong. Will I take a toe curling, like eyes rolling into the back of my head orgasm any day? Absolutely. But what I did find in my sexual development is that when I chased it, it was elusive. And then it became something about going to the finish line and having almost this um, sex is successful if I orgasm versus when I take orgasm off the table and just leave it as this like really delicious bonus to a blissful sexual experience, I find I'm so much more connected. I am more present because I'm, again, I'm not going to the future that's taking us out of the body and into the mind. The future of, oh, okay, I'm, I'm working towards this orgasm versus how much pleasure can I experience in this moment? from myself, from a partner, if I'm so lucky to be with one, right? Versus thinking about, okay, what are the things this person needs to do for me to get to orgasm versus just feeling his tongue on my clitoris or feeling my own fingers inside of me and focusing on when I do it this way, does that bring me more pleasure or less? And right now I'm feeling so much turn on just talking about this, which it's pretty fun that this gets to be my job. <laughs> Somebody asked me before, do I ever get turned on in my work? I'm like, yeah, every day, all day. And like I said earlier, the more turned on I feel, and it doesn't always mean sexually, but the more activated and excited I feel about my life, the more magical it becomes. And so I'm constantly looking at how can I add more pleasure 
to this moment. Now, let's talk about why we want to orgasm, right? Yes, we, I just spoke about, you know, this chasing of it and how that's not healthy in my experience. But if you happen to benefit and have this delicious orgasm, here are the things that can occur. So for one, it's a stress relief. And it's because it's releasing all of these delicious endorphins that make you feel happier. They can relieve pain. That's why they'll say, if you are experiencing, for example, cramps or you have a headache, an orgasm is a really great natural pain reliever. It releases something called prolactin, which actually helps you to feel satiated sexually. This is also going to help you sleep better. Um, and it can improve your confidence, right? Like if you know how to bring yourself to orgasm, chances are you're going to feel like a bad bitch. <laughs> you're going to know what you like, you know, your desires, you know, this way, three turns to the right circles harder. Um, if that gets you off, it's going to increase your confidence, not only for yourself, but when you're interacting with somebody else. I also find that the more orgasms I have, the more I desire them, right? And so this helps to increase your drive, your sex drive. And this is an interesting one. It can also improve your sense of smell temporarily. And so um, when you are orgasming, there's something that is released that helps you to have increased sense of smell. It also lengthens your telomeres, which are linked to you living a longer life. So quite literally, the more you come, the longer you live. <laughs> and then pleasure, right? Just like straight up good old fashioned pleasure. I don't know about you, but it's really hard to not feel pleasure after you've come. <laughs> now I will say in orgasming, and this will actually lead me into my next point. There are a lot of different types of orgasms, one of which I call a crygasm. And if you've ever had the pleasure of experiencing a crygasm, for me, it is when I orgasm and then I immediately burst into tears. And it's because it's a release, right? It's not just a release sexually in your genitals, but it can be when you're connected to the body and you're that open and vulnerable, it can also bring up a lot of emotion. And so I remember the first time this happened to me, I was separated from my husband. Um, we weren't divorced yet, but we had made the decision to separate. And we had just had the most vulnerable conversation we had ever had, where I released any and all resentments I had been holding for 10 years. And he did the same. And our practice was instead of getting defensive or trying to explain ourselves, it was just to sit palms up and open and receive what the other person was saying. And I felt so seen and so heard from him at a level I had never experienced. And on top of that, all of my walls had dropped. I wasn't holding on to any resentment. There were literally no walls between us. So it's no surprise that afterwards we had the best sex of our entire marriage. And it was so connected. I was literally eyes locked with him. I remember being on top. And the second I came, just the floodgates opened. And it was the first time I had experienced an orgasm as something so different than just a pleasure center in my clitoris. It was like, whoa, I just unlocked a part of me that I didn't even realize I had access to. So a crygasm is a really great way um, to experience an orgasm. I've also had laughgasms where that same 
cry turns into like an extreme wave of laughter where I literally feel like I've had a full mental break. (laughs) Um, I can't stop laughing. And then I've always found that I've had this happen on my own, but when it's also in partnership, my partner gets to go on the ride with me and they're just having a great time experiencing me in my full range of emotion. And there's also the other, I would say the most obvious type of orgasm is the clitoral orgasm. And this is where I find that a lot of women um, are the most comfortable. It's usually the easiest to achieve. Um, And focusing on clitoral orgasms, it's wonderful if this is how you know how to receive pleasure. Like I never, ever, ever want someone to feel shame or guilt or wrongness about one type of orgasm versus the other. I'm so not about that. So if clitoral orgasms are your jam, you go, my love. Go all the way in on the clitoral orgasm. And if you desire to learn other types, that's great too. So none of them are more superior, even though Freud, our our boy Freud, (laughs) Sigmund Freud, like to say that um, women who are more mature could have vaginal orgasms. So this was literally something that was created by someone, this construct that one type of orgasm is better than the other or more mature. And I just, to that, I say, absolutely not. So we've got clitoral orgasms. We have vaginal. So that would mean internally you are having an orgasm without any clitoral stimulation. But here's the thing. Um, The clitoris is a much bigger structure than you may have realized. So we see the clitoral hood and the head of the clitoris usually pretty easily. But what we don't see is how the uh, bulb and the legs of the clitoris go much deeper than what you can see. It's a much bigger structure. And I don't blame you if you didn't know this because the clitoris itself wasn't mapped until the 1970s. Um, I don't know exactly what year in the 70s, but I do remember them saying that we put a man on the moon before we actually mapped the full structure of the clitoris. So we can see where our priorities were for women's sexual health (laughs) and anatomy. But anyway, back to the different types of orgasms. I bring that up because when I talk about a vaginal orgasm or a G-spot orgasm, you may very well be bumping up different parts of the clitoris and therefore it may still be a clitoral orgasm, but because it's just being accessed by a different part of you, you may not realize it. And so that's why I really like to name that no orgasm is better than the other. We've got anal orgasms, nipple orgasms, combinations where you're just hitting multiple spots at once. Um, For me lately, nipple stimulation has been so delicious. Uh, I have this toy called the Satisfier Pro, and it is a suction-based toy that um, is typically used to go over the clitoris. And it's delicious. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, and it's really fun if you put it over your nipples and if you have sensitive nipples, it can feel a very similar peak, um, as a clitoral orgasm, if you start to stimulate your nipples. And so there's just so much pleasure to be explored. And, um, it's so fun. Once you start to really look at your body as this canvas in which pleasure is possible. And 
that means that you get to explore every nook and cranny as an opportunity to receive more pleasure. And when you take on this lens of being an investigator, a scientist, if you will, versus it being this thing that you have to get to or achieve, but more of what can I experience as pleasure and what can I discover that is new today? It takes all this pressure off. And I don't know about you, but anytime I've been pressured in a sexual situation, it usually doesn't go very well. I'm not present. I'm feeling a lot of anxiety versus when I'm just open to explore and play so much more is possible. Now, I do want to touch quickly on, or maybe not quickly, we'll see, (laughs) on cervical orgasms, because I have been studying these a lot more lately. And I will say, if you've only ever had a clitoral orgasm, that's wonderful. And what we're doing is we're teaching our body every time that A leads to B leads to C. So if you only ever have a clitoral orgasm with your vibrator, for example, it's not that you're desensitizing your clitoris because trust me, I've used my vibrator all the freaking time and my clit is not desensitized. (laughs) But what it does do is it starts to strengthen the pathway that teaches your body. Okay, when I get out this vibrator and I put it on my clitoris, I orgasm. And so we're just strengthening that and strengthening that and strengthening that. And then we go to have sex with a partner, for example, and we don't have our vibrator or it's straight up penetrative penis and vagina. And you're frustrated because you can't orgasm that way. First of all, it's okay. You're not alone. All we have to do is start working towards training our body to orgasm in different ways. And I remember it may have been Alexa that taught me this when I was trying to wean myself off of my vibrator, I would take it. And I would turn it on and it was a little bit like Pavlov's dogs. If you know that study where they would start to drool every time they just heard the bell because they associated the bell with food. Every time I heard my vibrator, I would start to associate that with an orgasm. So it turns out I didn't even have to put the vibrator on my clitoris. I could just turn it on and hold it near me and my body would start to experience pleasure because I had trained it so much. So that is one tip, for example, that you can use to start weaning yourself off your vibrator, not forever, but just in search of different types of orgasms. Now, when I talk about the cervical orgasm, cervical orgasm can be somewhat elusive. And I think it's like maybe 15% or less of cervix owners have experienced a cervical orgasm. And that's because it's quite challenging and it can be because the cervix holds a lot of wisdom, a lot of past trauma, and it is very, very smart. It's connected to your heart. And they say that the heart and the cervix are one and the same. And so, for example, in your partnership, if you're holding on to any resentment or you've experienced heartbreak, or you've experienced past heartbreaks that you're still holding on to, your cervix is holding on to all of that. Now, this may feel a little woo-woo and that's okay. So I won't go too far down this, but I do believe that our cervix holds a lot of that wisdom. And there's a process actually called de-armoring that you can use with um, a crystal wand that helps you to slowly and gently break away some of the 
tensions and pain and um, emotion that we hold in our cervix. And there's a whole process to dearmoring. And it's actually something that I talk about inside of a program that I run called Own Your Orgasm. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show, but there's ways in which we can start to open our cervix more, which allows our heart to be more open. And it's one in the same. Um, the cervix is actually connected to our vagus nerve. And so there's a lot that can be unlocked through touching the cervix and eventually leading to a cervical orgasm. It is more of an oxytocin-based orgasm versus a dopamine-based, which means we're feeling a lot more connection. So if you happen to have a cervical orgasm, you're going to feel really deeply connected to yourself and to a partner. You can also release DMT, which is going to take you on like a full transcendental psychedelic experience. So when we talk about sex as access to something higher than ourselves, a power greater than us, a cervical orgasm is a way to access that. Now, I will say, when I first started stimulating my cervix, it was boring as fuck. And sometimes it still is. And that is because it was really numb. And I remember listening to, I think it was a masterclass once, and they were talking about the cervix and how as women, we hold a lot of pain, trauma, um, past wisdom in our cervix. And they started to talk about something called the leap procedure. And I had HPV. Um, I got it at a really young age. I started having sex when I was 14 and had my first abnormal pap smear, maybe a year or so later. And when I had this abnormal pap smear, that means that there are precancerous cells or potentially cancerous cells. And so what I was told at the time was that I needed to have this procedure that actually burns part of the cervix. It scrapes part of the cervix off. And I was so young, gosh, I was 15, 16 years old, would have never known to ask questions or known about if this was a procedure I actually wanted. And it was later on, I mean, literally in my late 20s that I learned that this procedure could have caused a lot of numbness and trauma in my body. And I remember feeling this just wave of heat and sadness, learning this of, oh my gosh, I had this procedure done that maybe was medically needed. Maybe it wasn't um, because now there's seeing a lot of natural ways to um, get rid of HPV or that it'll actually even disappear on its own over time, depending on its level of severity. And anyway, I remember feeling um, just really sad and this feeling of um, anger and um, like my body wasn't mine to make in that moment, that decision to make in that moment. And so it was no wonder that when I started to access my cervix, that first of all, numbness, like felt nothing. I might as well have been rubbing, I don't even know, like my fingertip. Actually, my fingertip probably had way more sensation than my cervix did. It just felt like nothing, air. And then at times it would also feel painful and it would bring instant emotion depending on what part of my cervix I was touching. and that's not always what we want, right? When we go into a self-pleasure session, we're thinking like, okay, it'd be really nice to have an orgasm, not it'd be really nice to sit here in numbness for 30 minutes or pain. And I remember the first time consciously that a partner touched my cervix with his finger. And it was 
post-marriage was the first time I had been intimate since my husband with somebody new. And he had his fingers inside of me. And I literally, I remember like jolting back going, what did you just touch? Cause it felt so sensitive. And in that moment, I was really open, really open, really vulnerable, really in love. And so this part of me that had initially felt a lot of pain, all of a sudden felt like this huge wave of sensation. And he said to me, he goes, that's your cervix. And I remember just sobbing, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because it felt so vulnerable. It felt like he was touching the most intimate part of me. And I felt just wide open. And we ended up having some really delicious sex after that. Um, But I, I say all of that because the cervix, I think, is a really beautiful path and exploration to go down as a cervix owner. And so it is one part of you that if you're interested in learning about other types of orgasms, that's one that has a lot of potential, a lot of untapped potential um, for many of us. And so that's one of many types of orgasms that you can start to uncover within yourself. And the last thing that I really want to talk about is the shifts that I've had since learning the power of my own orgasm. So we touched on this a little bit in the podcast so far, but uh, the first shift that I've had is confidence. Since taking ownership of my desire and really understanding this is what I like as a sexual woman and owning that I'm a sexual woman, right? Instead of hiding this part of me and feeling like I'm a slut or feeling like um, I'm going to be shamed by other women or shamed by other men, just boldly saying, I love to fuck. I love pleasure. I love orgasms. I love penetration. Like, mm, I'm so turned on right now. I'm also ovulating. So this whole conversation has been (laughs) so juicy for me. But to be able to say that and to say it confidently has just made me feel unfuckwithable. Like I just feel so confident, not just in partnership, but on my own, because I know what I like and I'm still exploring by no means is this journey over. I will be on this self-discovery and pleasure journey until the day that I die. But every day and every sexual experience that I go into, I learn more about myself, more about my body. And that translates into this just insurmountable level of confidence. So I feel like a bad bitch. (laughs) That would be shift number one. Shift number two is really about um, ownership. Like I have full ownership and responsibility for my pleasure. Now, I used to pass this off to my partner. And I remember multiple, multiple times having sex with my ex-husband and getting fucking pissed, so pissed that I would get to like the brink of orgasm and then not be able to finish or just feel so numb and couldn't understand why I wasn't enjoying sex or that he would be, you know, fucking around down there and that I didn't know what to say to him to help guide him better. And taking ownership of my pleasure has been so rewarding because Now I'm not waiting for some prince charming to come in and rescue me and know my body better than me. I know my body best. I have full ownership of what turns me on 
and I never wait for somebody else to take care of me. I am masturbating regularly. I have a full array of sex toys. I know exactly what I like and I know how to turn myself on. And that, my loves, is invaluable. Um, it has just been so, so good to know. Like I, I've got me. I can take care of myself. And when the right person comes along, can we create some magic together? For sure. And it feels really good to know that I'm not waiting around for that to happen. And then the third and final shift that I've named also throughout the podcast is that I just feel so magnetic. Knowing my orgasm, knowing my sexual energy and understanding how to cultivate it. I feel magnetic, open. I feel that life force energy pulsing through me all the time. And I know how to turn it on. So I know how to go from, you know, sweet, innocent bee to seductress that can turn on the room with her body, her looks, her confidence, her sex. And it's a switch. And I know how to turn that switch on and off because it's not always appropriate, right? (laughs) To just be this like walking sex goddess, even though it's fun. Like I'm not trying to bring that into certain boardroom meetings. Not that I go into boardrooms. I don't know why I said boardroom, but (laughs) I'm just saying I know when to turn my sexual energy on and off. And I know when it is turned on, it's dangerously powerful and not from a place of manipulation because I used to come at it from that place. And every once in a while, that sneaky manipulative bitch will come out in me. But I do know the difference. And I know that when my sexual energy is being channeled through me because it feels good for me or when I'm in partnership and I know I want to bring it to him or to her because it turns both of us on. And because of that, I am now more magnetic and I'm attracting more of what I want in my life versus when I was using it to get something because I knew my sex was so powerful that I could lure men in with it to try to keep them. And that wasn't a healthy place to be. But when it is healthy and when I know what I'm doing and it's consensual or it's for my pleasure, I'm turned on. I feel like the world is my oyster and I just feel unstoppable. And that is a really cool place to be. (laughs) So I hope that this episode was valuable to you and that you learned some delicious ways to explore your own orgasm or it opened you up to some things that you want to explore and that you're curious about. And, you know, I talk about a lot in my writing on my Instagram about this inner knowing, the inner knowing, the part of me that just knew there was more, more to life, more to sex, more to pleasure, and that I was just skimming the surface. And when I listened to that knowing, And I said, okay, be like, let's go into this. That's when I hired my first sex coach, Alexa. And that's when all of this discovery opened up for me. Now, it feels like it has come full circle because I've been on this path now for, gosh, two and a half years, longer in just development in general, but sexually for about two and a half years. And I have created a course specifically for women called Own Your Orgasm. And it's everything that I learned on my sexual journey bundled into a six-week group program where we help you really understand your desires 
and how to create a life that turns you on. We go deep into your own sexual exploration. And the best part is we do it with other women. And there is something so fucking special and magical about understanding your turn on and being supported in front of other women doing the same work. It's just this ancient feeling of, oh, we were always meant to be sexual and we were always meant to do it alongside other women doing the same thing. And if you are feeling the call to go deeper into your own sexual exploration, then I would love, love, love to support you in that exploration. It's my favorite thing to do. I'm so turned on for six weeks, just guiding you into embodiment practices, lots of self-pleasure homework. We have calls weekly where we dance, we cry, uh, we talk about our bodies. We, we go into the stories that have really kept us from experiencing pleasure. And we release, we release everything that isn't serving us, whether that's partnerships, past emotions, stuck emotions, um, and then really start to claim the part of us that knows who we are, knows ourselves as sexual and as sensual. And it is just such a magical unfolding. And it never ceases to amaze me in such a short period of time, how much transformation is possible. So if that is for you, head to the link in the show notes. Our doors close for that program September 30th because we're getting started the first week of October. And I would so love to have you. So that is it, my loves. I wish you all of the pleasure in this world and an orgasm or 10 today. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.